Like many of you, we battle depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. The band with their, with their journey into the musical exploration and, and re, refining their sound. Uh, the band uh, quickly connected with with former hardcore vocalist George Chamberlain from Autumn and uh, and Emma Conrad, which we got right here on the video screen for y'all, <laughs> whose vocal range allowed the band to uh, uh, the band slow to a more expensive and layered sound. The pairing result in the band and the new bands that merged the riff rock stylings of heavy cycle of uh, psychedelia, I guess. Um, with the slow tempos of doom and the atmospheric elements of shoegaze. Ultimately, uh, ultimately uh, Ritual Earth coined them the term doomgaze. Nope, you didn't? No, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yes, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> I, 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 oh, yeah, I was confused about that too. So, um, yeah. yeah, but uh, uh, the band later a- added keyboardist Ma- uh, Mark Boyce from Boss Hog and Delta 72. Who included synthesizers and electronic elements to their music? The band consists of George Chamberlain vocals, Steve Mincic guitars, Chris Scott on bass, and Chris Turek on drums. And we are glad to have singer George Chamberlain with us today. Good, good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate everything that that you guys are doing. And and this goes for everyone who does podcasts. I mean, helping us get the word out. You know, you you guys are doing a a great service, uh, especially for us involved in the independent music scene. Very much appreciated. And thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Well, hell, man, we thank you because I listened to your song Free From My Vessel, which is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now for anybody who wants to check it out. And it's, it's like, it's quite possibly the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Even with the vocals the way they are. <laughs> Even with yeah. the, yeah, yeah, that's heavier than your concrete, man. Um, y'all are, y'all are going to murder this whole, like, like genre, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so real quick before we forget, there's that line there about Doomgaze. Doomgaze, yes. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of bands have been through this process of when they type up PR. And right, the second yeah. I saw that line on the first time we went through it, I was like, ah, that's got to come out. That's not true. Yeah. We were using that term for a little bit because we we're just like, yeah, we'll elements of this and that. And somehow it got out there just so that anyone else watching or listening, we did not coin that phrase. We actually um, we use it to describe some of our songs because on the album, there's a, a wide range of different things that happen. But uh, yeah, we did not for sure coin that phrase. It's been around for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because I've heard of uh, I, I've heard of doom metal, but not ne- but never doom gaze. I don't know what that is. 
Um, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say if you want, I can elaborate. So, yeah, so yeah. Shoegaze, yeah, shoegazy uh, music, like uh, some of the older stuff would be like My Bloody Valentine and, you know, Cockatoo Twins and stuff like that. They brought in elements of just different sounds and, like, I would just say create, uh, in some cases, a trippy atmosphere type sound. And that's what we kind of pulled into some of our songs. On Free From My Vessel, it might not be as apparent, but on some of the other songs on the album that are a little bit more on the mellower side and trippier and even more psychedelic, the, the only way to really explain how everything came together is just to kind of use that phrase. And uh, I've, I've looked into some other bands that consider themselves Doomgaze. Uh, one band that comes to mind would be Slow Crush, uh, which is a he great heavy band to check out. Uh, another band from Philadelphia called Dreamswell. Uh, mm. They're also awesome. Uh, and that's just a, a, a term that we used to categorize some of our music. But yeah, in, in addition to Free From My Vessel, uh, I Am Dreadnought is another song that just got out there on Spotify. Right. And that's probably the heaviest song on the album. It's straightforward and uh, probably one of my favorite songs, too. Now, uh, your 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 debut album comes out um, in March, right? March twenty eighth. Yep. Okay, yeah. I think it's uh, Which is pretty soon. March eighteenth. Yeah, okay, we're yeah. also right. yeah. yeah. And the only reason why I remember that date in particular is because we're playing a show that day up in Connecticut. So we're gonna have our records with us, and we're gonna be nice. selling them or giving Again. them out. Who knows? Probably giving them out. Right. Yeah. I but, guess, uh, <laughs> I guess it's gonna be a, like a big launch party or something. You know. It, yeah. We're, we're calling that our record release party, even though it's not in Philadelphia where we're from, but it's where we're playing that day, and we're gonna have them. Yeah. So yeah, and it's a festival too. So why oh, not? Right. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Because festivals pulling like a like a large number of crowds, and 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 it's. I I think that's a great way how to get your music out. I mean, if you're like debut album comes out, you know. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that show. I'll plug some shows before oh, yeah. we're through. Sure. But uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, that uh, March eighteenth, everything will be out. We'll have the vinyl. Technically speaking, uh, oh. I think the vinyl shipped already. Okay. So so if you have the or does it ship on? I'm sorry, it ships on the eighteenth. Our vinyl shipped to us already. Oh, so nice. we'll have it. In, nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm I'm a big vinyl hound, and I think that 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 would take that that. Vinyls take up most of my money. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm kind of other... I'm kind of glad that there's other than drugs because that music is my drug, you know. Oh I yeah. Mean, yeah. No, yeah, same here. Um, I don't know uh, how much we uh, you might know about my background, but I'm actually uh, you know I quit drinking eight years ago, so I don't I don't even drink anymore. So music has taken up a void for me. Right. Yeah, yeah. and and I, and the funny thing is, is I've been playing in bands for years, but since I've quit drinking. I've I've kind of gotten that energy and that spirit back, and I you know, just nice. way more into music now than I was the last couple of decades. And I'm excited to be out there and excited to be playing, and and I'm very open to talking about uh, you know those who might need to you know uh, take a break from drinking or whatever it is they might you know, be in their lives. Right. And I've always opened it up to friends for conversation. Yeah. So okay, well, on that subject, since I now know it, uh, how long have you been sober? Uh, so I, well, as far as drinking goes, I quit drinking about eight years ago. Okay. Now, some people just, you know, if I, some people describe sober as completely, you know, no drugs, no alcohol. I can't say I've been drug free this entire time. I, I'm not, I'm not into any particular drugs in particular, but alcohol was my problem. And, uh, I got to a point in my life where I couldn't control who 
I was or what I did, but I can control when I drank. And at the end of the day, I decided to just quit drinking and it was the best thing. And, and there are challenges with that and it becomes difficult from time to time. And, uh, you know, the further away you get from it, the more you can realize, you know, what your potential is without it and exactly. mistakes that you made. Yeah. Cause when I first quit drinking, it was just a matter of, I just don't want to be an asshole anymore. And <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and as I'm looking back now over time, it's like, wow, I didn't realize all these other things that were key indicators for me that there was a problem, you know, but now that I'm, you know, good distance away from it, uh, I, I feel in great control of where my life is headed. Great, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, congratulations on your eight years of uh, free from alcohol, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Because I know people who, who are still struggling because I work at Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, and I've had a few friends that are not not doing too well, so yeah. So I, I you know, I, I I don't I, and I think he's getting help right now. But you know, but then again, he hasn't been to work, and I don't know when. I I, I need to check off on him, you know. Yeah. So, oh yeah. 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 Because yeah, always check on your always check on your friends, you know. And I was gonna say always yeah. always check in on your friends, yeah, especially uh, whether they think they know it or, or need it or not. It's always good to check in. It is. Um. And over the years, there have been a couple friends of mine when I was much younger that I wish I would have checked in on. We could have uh, prevented some mm -hmm. some horrible things from happening. But again, sometimes that comes with age and oh, yeah. with just learning. Yeah, and living life and learning and, and figuring out like what you can do to help prevent some of these things. What some of the warning signs are too. Right. Uh, I still have friends now that I try and engage with from time to time, and most of them are willing to listen. Some aren't, and yeah. do what you can. Yeah. yeah. Cause, um, cause, cause I have depression and I just got off my depression pills, which is great. But, that is great. Yeah, but sometimes I need to, uh, someone to, and I do have friends that check on me like all the time, you know. So I'm, so I'm very grateful for that. You know, my co-host and I check on each other from time to time because like he has, he has depression too, and yeah, that, and that's why we started this podcast because we don't want other people to be like we are when when we're depressed. And the best thing for, for for depression, I think, is listening to music. That's why we Definitely. started this. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big now, deal. Now, normally I don't share this, but I, I went through a, a period as well with depression. And I've actually never talked about this openly, but I have no problem sharing it because we are talking. But I actually went through a couple years of therapy. Right. And there's yeah, and I was embarrassed to admit it for a while, but like the outcome is I've overcome certain things, and it's helped me stay away from uh, abstaining from alcohol and it's helped me realize who I am and, and where I am in this world because one of the things that was really devastating to me is uh, at a young age I played in a lot of punk rock bands all of my friends were graduating high school college moving on they had a life to live and all I had was where I was at that point in time so it was very easy to fall into something that was just you know uh, hurtful and and yeah and had it not been for therapy and quitting alcohol who I might not here today and I, I'm very happy to have the life that I have. I have a great band. I have an awesome wife. I have a, a beautiful daughter who oh, just nice. turned 11. Yeah. yeah. 11 on the 17th. Right on, dude. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. and she's, she's super cool. She's a big fan of the band, wears our t-shirts to school and yeah, always asking about like when she can come see us play and stuff. So, 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 so is she so showing you signs of that she wants to be a rock star like you? She yeah, she actually said she wanted to get vocal lessons, and I I have some extra guitars. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her one, get it reset up, and give her some uh, guitar lessons as well. But yeah, she uh, it's funny she has talked about it an awful lot. 
Um, nice. And all of her friends were into all the pop bands. And, and she actually, I know some people don't like the band, but she actually loves Ghost. Ghost, Ghost, <laughs> okay. Is, yeah, well, see, that's a hit or miss band. I love the, uh, I love the song Square Hammer. And I yeah. love the song Majesty, and those are the only two songs that I really dig. You know, the other two songs are like, it's like I don't know, I, I I don't get it. But but those two songs are, are like you know, so good. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I I got into them in a weird way. I was uh, living in Philadelphia, and at the time the Pope was coming to the city, and there was a local promoter. I, I think Ghost at the time only had their two albums out, and uh, they got booked to play in the city and in philadelphia and just prior to them being booked in philly a friend of mine were talking about marilyn manson yeah. and we're not we weren't big friend, uh, fans of marilyn manson but the conversation was don't you wish you would have saw them in their prime and i was like you know what yeah, yeah. i, I kind of <laughs> wish i did so when we saw ghosts coming to town i was like well you know what i should probably go they're like they appear to be the spectacle so i googled them online and uh, the song and the video for Secular Haze popped up, and I, and I watched the video, and I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen, you know? I'm like, because it, it comes off as very campy, very 70s. Right. The video has this, like, public access feel. And when I realized the song had ended, I was like, oh, there is no it. That is it. And I was like, I got to watch it again, because I don't think I was paying attention. And I started to really enjoy the band and playing them a lot at home. I think that's how my daughter heard them, and now she listens to them more than I do, right. which I think is hysterical. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, okay, so I um, uh, you probably know that know that Metallica came out with their, a black album release, you know, and they're and they're, uh, they have a cover cover oh, album, right. yeah, and they and they Inner Sandman. Not really big of too much of a fan about that one. That, that, that one doesn't seem to be, you know, I mean, it's not heavy. It's, I guess. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I didn't really. And the funny thing is, is they're a band known for putting together some really cool covers, but that's just one that didn't hit for me. Oh. Um, oh. Now, if you go on uh, YouTube, I think they performed that live on like some award it show. Did. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it was the same kind of vibe. I was just like, ah. That's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, that's. And let's be honest, for a, a metal song to cover, that that's an anthem that has withstood, like, decades of, of metal and hard rock, right? Yeah. You're going to choose that and then do it differently. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, so, okay, um, since you are a big fan of metal, like we just talked about, and I'm a mm -hmm. huge metal fan, uh, so there's this, this big ongoing legend that um, – Either Black Sabbath or Deep Purple started metal. <laughs> I am going out with Black Sabbath because, for me, metal is like dark and deep and gritty, and, mm -hmm. and, and Smoke on the Water does not sound like that. It sounds too, too. I don't want to say happy, but I mean it's just the guitar tone sounds bright, you know. And, and, and yeah. that's not. What do you think about it? You think Black Sabbath well, or Deep Purple hit it? Well, to, to answer the question, I'm going with Black Sabbath. Yes. Uh, I do have to say that I absolutely love Deep Purple, especially the first oh, yeah. four albums. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but no, I, I think I think Deep Purple is a good example of they're pushing the envelope of, of hard rock and heavy blues. And I, I think they're important to the right. legacy of where metal came from. Uh, but Black Sabbath, I mean, they tuned down, they got that tone, and it was, it was Iomi that just 
drove like these and like even if you listen to the first couple sabbath albums like having listened to metal now you're like okay like that's still uh you know heavy blues and whatnot but it's just it crossed that line that created everything else after that and if you follow all of their albums even leading into like what was that 1980 album was that the born again yes with, uh I, I... They, they, it was like their the guy from actually the guy from deep purple sang on that right on that one Ian uh, Gillian? You, yeah. yeah yeah right yeah 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 and even the riffs on that album uh it's sort of like instead of walking the scale they removed a couple notes and became a little bit more chunkier right and that even was a predecessor for you know what came after that yeah so i mean yeah i think black sabbath is the answer there yeah, yeah. i don't you know so it's it's kind of because like, yeah look, look uh, Burn has to be me my favorite Deep Purple album of all time, simply because of mistreated. How can you not lo- love that song? You know. Oh yeah, and yeah, classic to this what, day. That and uh, in rock was that the name of that other album? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, the one with the cover is like the mountain and all their faces right. around the mountain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's just Deep yeah. Purple and Rock, right? Or yeah, I might have that wrong. Yeah. yeah. Might I don't know. It's too many stuff to remember, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and when you get to be my age, you have to be like, oh, what, what year was that when I listened to that? Yeah, yeah. How, how old are you? I'm 21. No, I'm kidding. I'm. Uh, I always have to ask my wife. My wife always says I'm two years younger than you. Let me do the quick math. But no, this year I'm going to be 49. And as I say that out loud, it's shocking. Shocking. Because there was. Yeah, there was a point in my life where I didn't think I'd make it to forty, much right, less well. forty-nine and happy. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well, I'm forty-two, so I'm, so I'm almost caught up. You man. look great for forty-two. <laughs> I thought you were like thirty-two, oh, really? maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, without the beard, I, um, I got like like sixteen or twenty-four. I'm like, thank you, but I'm not. Did you get carded when you when you go to buy so like? So sorry, but, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, well, I get carded in uh in like rated R movies, you know, sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Dude, for, for, yeah, for years, whenever I'd go to you know, before I quit drinking, I'd go to bars with my wife, and uh, my wife would always be well, that back then she was just my girlfriend, and the doorman would ask her for her ID, and then I'd walk up, reach in front of wallet, and he'd be like, no, nah, man, we're good. I'm like, no, what do you mean we're good? Can't like, right. ask me for ID. He's like, nah, I know you're good. <laughs> right. So like. That was a huge difference. Like my wife still looked potentially, you know, twenty years younger than me, and I was always like, "Yeah, the ugly old guy." So, right. but I'm okay with that. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> so, uh, so back. Oh, I was gonna say back to Black Sabbath. I'm surprised you didn't ask the all-time favorite question: Who's the better singer, Ozzy or uh, or Dio? That seems to be the ongoing argument for everybody. You know, I I asked that to uh, we interviewed Ripper from. Uh, Jesus Priest and KK, KKK Priest, and by, yeah. and me and him share the same sentiment. We think like Dio is like the absolute best singer that they ever ever had. And uh, I like the way you said that. I'll explain in a minute. But I do think that 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 uh that um Tony Martin is a is a genius in his own right because Forbidden is such a like a like a dismissed album that everybody needs to like listen to at least like 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 thirty five hundred times. Yeah, what was, what was the other one? Was it Headless Cross? Was he on that one? Do I have that title right? Headless Cross, uh, yes, he was on that one. Yes, he was on that one. Yeah, yeah. and I think the, the issue with Steve Martin is he came so much later that people right. were always like, oh, we know who Black Sabbath is. Oh, yeah. they have new albums out? Who's this guy? You know. Right. But actually, 
Tony Martin. Tony, what did I say, yeah. Steve? Yeah. Um, what did I say, Steve uh, Martin? Steve, yeah, yeah, the actor. No, yeah, to, yeah, to, Tony Martin. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but 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 I heard that 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 his 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 albums are going to be re-released, so that's great. I did see that recently. Yeah, they're re-releasing all of the that whole era, right? Yeah. Uh, D, uh all all or did the D? I think D Dehumanizer. Sorry, was already re-released. I think. So it's everything after that and beyond. I think is what they're working on. Right, and but but specifically, Tony Martin says that my era. So that's gonna be like Taylor's Cross and Forbidden, and and I think he did like one other song, one other album after that one, which is great. Yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, Dehumanizer is a very underrated album too. I'm not sure why everybody focuses on on Ozzy's era. Because that's, um, I mean, well, I understand they just started the whole. Like heavy metal genre, but I mean, it's Dio, man. It's, come on, man. It's Dio. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I, I now I agree. I think I think Dio is the better singer. Yes. But I, but I love the Ozzy era. I think I think he's the better vocalist, and, and that would be the difference. Like uh, Ozzy's melodies, even though his execution isn't quite what Dio's would be. I mean, his melodies to those songs are just phenomenal. So much so to the point, whenever I'm singing, it's hard to not fall into a Ozzy-esque type um, pattern vocally because right. he just really climbed that scale really well. And up, I mean, he's got, he, there's so many, uh, uh, there's so many Sabbath songs that are just like, you're whistling the, the vocal part because it's just, right. it's ear candy and it gets yeah. stuck there. Yeah. Not not to discredit Dio at all. Dio no. just nails everything he's yeah. on, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. or was on, yeah. yeah. It's the same sentiment when, when I talk about Van Halen or like Sammy or like Van Hagar. So yeah, my thoughts of it is um is Sammy is a better singer, Lee Ross is the de- is a better per- like like performer, you know. Oh yeah, he gets the crowd I could, going I and that, everything. Yeah. But yeah, man, I still think that Sammy has it in the in the vocals, man. You still can like build it out like like no like tomorrow was just yesterday, you know. Oh yeah, um, I'm a, I love that Montrose album. I guess it's the yes. first album. Yes. Yeah. I, I discovered that really late, actually. I had no idea it was him singing the first time I heard it. I had to look it up because I loved uh, you as a singer. I loved the vocal performance on that album. And uh, when I, once I looked it up, I was like, really? I was like, I had no idea. But uh, yeah, it's a great album. And I, I, and I do love David Lee Roth as well. The yeah. earlier albums were just phenomenal. He just he, He's the kind of guy that captures energy really well in the studio. And that's yeah. that's what it is. And it's lovable when you hear it. It's fun, you know, like. Yeah, that, and that's what I like about those first couple albums, especially the first one. I mean, what a debut! Yeah, yeah. Um, they had eruption in it. The you know, they, yeah, yeah, and um, and I think Van Halen too had jump and another song. Yeah, man, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I think it was uh '84 that yeah. had jump on it. Okay, jump in Panama. Yeah, I, I forget. God, I can't remember what's on two now. But yeah. like one, the first one just has like Jamie's crying and yeah. Uh, yeah, I so, mean, it's just a phenomenal album. Yeah, yeah, but my favorite Van Halen song, album was uh, 5150. That's a great album, too. Yeah. Can't go wrong, man. Same Hagar, you know. Have a lot <laughs> away, dude. So, okay, so uh, can you tell us about the band Autumn? Um, I I couldn't really find anything on it. I, 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 found the, I found a picture of the old album, but I heard the old album, and I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing about, about the band. So... Yeah, I could definitely provide some uh, links. And even if I were, like, for anyone searching for Autumn, Autumn was a band that I did uh, right after high school. Um, 
there was a couple different evolutions of the band that eventually became Autumn. But we were part of like the uh, the early '90s uh, punk rock hardcore screamo scene. If that sounds familiar, um, so it was like um, I'm trying to think of some bands to compare it to, and it's even weird to compare it to anything today because by saying the de- the word screamo or emo, I'm sure it makes you it makes you think of some different bands. Um, but yeah, it was a band we did in the early '90s. We we put out a couple seven inches and eventually. Uh, signed with Revelation Records and put out an EP on the Crisis imprint. But uh, if you were to Google Autumn Emo Hardcore, you'll find some of the, the links for it. Ironically enough, uh, an old friend of mine has a record label called Hell Minded Records, and he is releasing a, uh, an album for Autumn, which actually comes out this month. Um, yeah, and it's a, uh, we're calling it a retrospective because Autumn recorded two full-length albums that never came out. They came out as EPs. So this particular record focuses on those two albums and alternate versions of songs and unreleased material. Uh, we unfortunately had way too many songs to do a discography on an album. We probably yeah probably would have covered like three or four records, actually. We have hours upon hours of music. But yeah, that, that conversation has been popping up a lot because of the retrospective and uh, it's really funny. There are bands that we played with years ago that their members of those bands are popping out of the woodwork now. They haven't, you know, people I haven't talked to in 20, 25 years that I'm reconnecting with, and they're like, "You're, yeah," and they're like, "You're still doing music," and I'm like, "I'm in this band called Ritual Earth now." Yeah, and we also have a record coming out, <laughs> right. and it's yeah, it's a funny thing too uh, to have two records coming out relatively the same time, 25 years apart, and it's almost like bookends for me. It's where it started, and it's where I'm at now. And I mean, hopefully, it's not the end but i mean like if it were to be it's two amazing albums that i'm extremely proud of so right right yeah uh, so that was your first band your second band i think was called amy conrad in which it was a 2003 album you had one album called whiskey slowboat <laughs> yeah um, okay so you're so um auto was an emo band and mm-hmm. and uh amy conrad was a hardcore band so, for the most part, yeah. Okay, so so what made you go from emo band to your to the hardcore? And I mean, like like whether there's some kind of, uh, I guess like a premonition of like, okay, I was like, I, I kind of like hardcore music bands. Let me let me see, see yeah. what I can do on that one. Yeah, I mean, and the, the sounds of the two bands are greatly different. So even when I was doing Autumn, I was still into hardcore, and and once Autumn broke up there were a couple other projects that I did that didn't really go anywhere. Uh, and what had happened was, is I started playing guitar for the first time. I didn't play guitar previous to singing in autumn. And uh, a friend of mine, Jack, was uh, in one of the project bands that I was working on. He was also named Conrad. I was I was a fan of, the, of that band. I would go see them play a lot in Philly. And I would say uh, they kind of reminded me of like uh, – at the drive-in meets refused meets drive like jehu so real guitar driven uh you know punk rock post-punk rock if you want to call it that but uh i i decided to try out for that band because i i was a fan and i was trying to get better at playing guitar and i saw it as a challenge and i saw that band as a band that had a lot of opportunity to progress and uh by the time i got acclimated to all the songs i was playing shows they were writing new songs, and the newer songs were slower and grittier and dirtier. And uh, this is around the time that everyone was starting to get into Queens of the Stone Age, and they were 
so through that, we got reintroduced to Caius. And I would go as far as to say that, yeah, that being a name of Conrad actually set me on the trajectory as to where I'm at now. Because once I got reintroduced to Caius, then that turned me on to like, you know, I started listening to Trouble again and, you know, a Candle Mass again and all these like old classic Doom bands and Stoner Rock bands. And that's been like the last decade or last 20 years for me, really. It's just listening to that heavy riff and, and being into that kind of thing. And, and obviously you've heard Free From My Vessel. I, I've always gravitated towards specific vocalists, ones that, you know, uh, that don't take the growl approach, that take like a, a vocalization or vocal singing approach to it. And that's what I do. And, you know, and I'm heavily influenced by those singers from that era. Yeah, because I was afraid to tell you that that Amy Conrad uh, sounds like a virtual earth. Yeah, it's a little bit closer. Cause it's... I, yeah, because both of them have like a, like a dirtier, grittier sound, you know. Mm-hmm. And both have uh, both have uh, like awesome vocals, you know, in them. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, now, did you take parts from Autumn and parts from um, uh, uh, um, uh, Ava Conrad and like splash them together and make a virtual? No, uh, what had happened was I was singing in another band at, at this time, <clears throat> and uh, I, I was playing. We were playing a show in Philly with Chimp Grinder, and I didn't know who uh, Chimp Grinder was yet. So, like any musician would do, whenever you get booked on a show with bands you've never heard of, you, you got to go check them out, right? And yeah, so so Chimp Grinder was already a band for like eight years. And I had listened to, uh, I think, uh, Simeon Space King was the record they had out at the time. And the second I heard it, I was like, wow, these guys are great. It was very heavy Sabbath influenced, but like with like a punch to the gut, you know. And I even recall saying, if a band like this ever asked me to sing for them, there's no way I could pass it up. Oh, right. And yeah. So yeah. two years later, Seagrave is done. And I get this email. It's like, hey, my name's Chris. We were in this band called Chimp Grinder. We're looking for a singer. And, uh, yeah, they sent me three songs, or they actually sent me five songs that they were working on. That was a slightly new, progressed direction. And uh, at the time, I was listening to, like, Mono Lord and Elder, some of the newer, like, Doom bands that have progressed a little bit beyond just the straightforward Doom sound. Right. So the second I heard these new songs, I was like, wow, I was like, these are great. This is exactly what I'm listening to. It's where I want to be musically. And uh, I just wrote them back, and I was like, you know, when do you guys want to practice? When we when do we start doing this? And uh, they already had the sound. They had an idea. They just knew that they were looking for someone that could, you know, deliver a vocal as opposed to you know, someone that would just scream. Right. And uh, that that's what I was doing. So it worked out really well, and it's it's been great ever since. Nice, nice. Yeah. It's always it's always great when you find people that you connect with, you know. Yeah, and um, and there is, and it's funny to say you should say that too because in the first couple of practices, uh, come to find out that Chris, the bass player, was in an old punk band called Astroland from New York City. Uh, turns out Steve was he remembers '90s hardcore, and he you know we talked about like Snapcase and Earth Crisis and all those bands, and then of course uh, the drummer Turek, you know him and I like bonded over Merciful Fate and uh, yes. a couple other like old black metal bands. So I had all these weird connections to everyone, and it just melted really well together. Right. So, yeah, but yeah, you're right. The connection piece of that was essential for making it work. Yeah, because I, I, I also get weird because we, um, throughout the 80s and 90s and 2000s and now uh, almost 20, 20, 23, uh, 
you'll find bands that work well together, but some bands don't really work well together, but work great in their original band. Like, um, yeah, like uh, they, they they got Buckethead to to fill in place <laughs> for Smash. Yeah, it didn't work out. Buckethead alone, it's 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 like one of the most amazing experiences of my you know my life oh. listening to Buckethead. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that as a guitar player, you know, because I played guitar for a lot of bands in between, um, in between where I'm at now and the early 2000s when I was named a Conrad, a good 20 years, close to 20 years of playing guitar. So as a guitar player, I absolutely love Slash and I love his style, but I have a huge appreciation for Buckethead as well. But in my mind, it's over here and over here. (laughs) And (laughs) I'll never forget, I was like, like Buckethead performing as Buckethead with Guns right. N' Roses yeah. was one of the weirdest things I, I've ever seen. I'm like, I, I, and it didn't make sense to me because you're right. Buckethead is like, he's this guy. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't even know how that got together, how that came to be. But well, see, I almost think that Buckethead is is among the uh, uh, like the Steve I Hendrix and uh, mm. and and Steve Ray Vaughan playing style. You know? Yeah. He's definitely, I guess you'd call, would you call him a virtuoso? I mean, he does a lot of just cool, like, you know. Just, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, the man uh, has. Weird finger tapping. Yeah, the man has over 300 records right now. So over like, albums, I should say, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, dude, look up his discography. It's like and, like four lines of like just great, like hundreds, but, you know, hundreds of, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that, that does sound amazing. Wow, uh, I'll check that out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like I said before, and I'm going to say it again, your voice is awesome. Uh, Thank you. So, did you realize that you had a voice like that when you were growing up, or did you get to like 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 classes and train and or like did somebody like, oh holy crap, man, you can you know you can really sing, you should try it for you know this band or something. Uh, well, again, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Um, so when I was younger and I was into punk rock, I, I again I still always gravitated towards the singers of whatever genre music I was into. So as a young kid, I loved, you know, Uniform Choice and Seven Seconds. And those are two bands that have like more of a vocal singer. Uh, even when I was in the thrash, I, I you know, uh, Joey Belladonna and Bobby from Overkill and those kind of singers, those are the people I gravitated towards. So there was one day I was at practice and, and originally in autumn, I played bass and we lost our singer. And one day at practice, I just kind of like did something. I showed the guys something I was working on, and it was Rich, our guitar player, that's just like, you should just sing. Right. And I was like, I was like, and I was like, really? Uh, well, tell me more about how my. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then over the years, I just worked on it. Uh, eventually, a couple years ago, I finally went ahead and got a couple vocal lessons. I think I honestly had like four, but I learned how to do vocal warm ups. I learned a couple tricks. YouTube is great for that. Yeah. Um, but I will say this: I I, I need to you know. I do vocal warm-ups every day. It's about a half an hour. I, uh, I practice good vocal hygiene as far as, like, if I'm going to have caffeine, I make sure we're replenished with water. Uh, I also have a lot of allergy issues, so I need to stay on top of, yeah, because the mucus. And yeah. trust me, there have been times I go to play a show when I was younger, and I'm like, right. and I can't do it yet. So I got to stay on top of, like, what kind of, you know, how much dairy I'm, I'm taking in over the course of, like, a week or two, week or two prior to recording or a show, um, it's a, it's a daily workout for me. But yeah, um, I guess I, and I apologize. I, I trail off and when I start oh, talking, no, but fine. yeah, no. To answer your question, yeah, like a buddy of mine just suggested it. Like, 
I, I knew that I kind of wanted to, but I, I never knew if I had the, uh, I never knew if I had like the balls to be a front man is what yeah, it really yeah. comes down to. Yeah. And even now I kind of still don't, I don't talk a lot live. I, uh, I let the music happen and I just come in and I say the necessary things, but I'm definitely not a guy to get the spoken word in between songs <laughs> for sure. Right. I don't know if I if I like that or not because I I I I must have been to like a like a million concerts back in the day, and, yeah. And I I I've always thought it thought it was okay for the singer to say something because that might give the band some time to retune and and whatever they gotta do and then go into song you know. Yeah. So, so, I, so, yeah. I, so I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing you know I don't know you know. Yeah, the, the I want to say it was like our first or second show, our bass player. Was it was it Chris or was it Steve? One of the guys in the band had had reached, leaned over and said, "I got a tune. Just say say something." Right. And it yeah. was like a first or second show, and I'm like, um, "We got shirts for sale in the back. They have our name on them. Right. Go buy them." <laughs> yeah, keep talking, like, and they're in all three sizes. They're in small, medium, and large. You know, I'm just, I don't, you know, like yeah. I'm just not good with that. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. I just because yeah. I, I know that like here's the other problem that I have is that I I thoroughly enjoy telling really bad dad jokes yeah. so i try and not talk too much on stage because i know it's bound to happen and it's just not a good look <laughs> for for this metal band and i'm like hey guys you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah um going back to your, to, your, to your allergies how much do you hate pollen right now because pollen is oh. it's coming very very fast and i know a lot of people who can't i mean just yeah I feel like it's getting worse every year. Yeah. Now, now I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this. Uh, today, uh, I actually went downstairs and took something earlier because my sinuses were so bad. I could, I could feel it up in here. Uh, everyone in my house right now is actually, I don't want to say sick, but we're all suffering. And we have, uh, you know, I know it's not that time of the year, but we have all these flowers that, that pop up in the summer out back. And usually around the end of May, none of us can talk or breathe for at least a week because right. it gets so yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, and I have uh, I have this little black CRZ and, and like a day or two of the of, of May, uh, you can walk out there and it's just, it's not, the car's not black anymore, it's just yellow and green with all the pollen on it. Mm. But yeah, it, it really kills me that time of year and that's when I have to stay on top of as many things as possible to mm. try and avoid it, but it's almost unavoidable. Right, yeah, so, so I guess it's, it's a Millions of boxes of like Claritin and Zyrtec for you, right? Yeah. Well, the one thing, actually, the one thing I do, and for any other vocalist listening, I, I do I use what's called a neti pot. I don't okay. know if you know what that is. I do not. So it's this uh, it's this pot uh, that you put some uh, like a salt mixture in, and you mix it with hot water, and you basically hold it, and the, the water goes out of the pot in your nose, up your sinuses, and out the other side. Oh, okay. And yeah, so during the month of May, and, and even April, May, June. I'll netty twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening, just to get that out of there, out of my system. Because if I don't do that, I literally can't breathe for a few days at a time. And it's, right. I'm walking around doing that, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it gets pretty bad. But yeah, you should look it up and check it out if you have allergy issues. Okay. Um. Have Have you heard of uh? Because because I I I just spoke with well I just uh, last year I um. I spoke with a, a professional singing coach, and she said that pineapple juice is great for like like clearing out everything and you know getting everything ready. So I don't know if you've tried that yet. I haven't, but I've heard that too. Okay, yeah. Um, and she said yeah. it's really really great. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'll look into that again. I mean, I'm really comfortable and happy with what I've been doing the last couple of years, yeah. but I mean, I'll look that up as well. Uh, yeah. I oh, mean, and of course, there's also uh, Entertainer's Secret. So if you're taking something that dries you out, it's actually called Entertainer's Secret. It's like a glycerin water mix. Right. Spray that on your throat and it helps smooth oh, nice. everything out. Yeah. That's nice. So there's, so there's not, you're, there's not just one thing that that'll do anything for your, your you can find a lot of good stuff for you, you know. So that sounds awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so Rachel Earth of Kearney is signed with Iodine Records. Um, so, yep. uh, can you tell us how this partnership came about? Like, did they find you and like, did, like, did they come and and see you play play live? And okay, well, you're, um, would you like to join us? <laughs> or something <laughs> or like what? Or like, did you seek them out? Uh, well, actually, the partnership really started years ago. You had mentioned Emma Conrad. Yes. Uh, Emma, Emma Conrad was on Iodine Recordings back in the early two thousands. Now, Iodine is best known for releasing, like, Garrison and Orange Island and bands of that style of, like, post-hardcore kind of stuff. And Emma Conrad got signed to uh, Iodine probably 2002. And I just kept up with uh, Casey, the owner, over the years. Uh, Iodine did fold around 2004, maybe. Okay. And we, we kept in touch. And then one day he, he texted me and he was like, hey, I'm going to – bring the label back and originally he was only going to re-release some albums on vinyl that's how we started talking again and uh i just happened to say by the way it's funny you should write me because you know check out this band i'm i'm working with called ritual earth and uh the way that i proposed it was you know i have most of the money to do vinyl and i should probably explain this record that's coming out this is actually a re-release we uh, we self-released it during covid okay uh, very yeah, very limited on CD. There's only like 100 CDs. Nice. And uh, I approached him and said, I really want to release this on vinyl, but I don't have all the money. Uh, I don't have the connections for distribution. He heard it. And he was just like, I want to put this out, and I think I'm going to start doing a label again anyway, so let's talk about it. And that's that's how it came to be. And uh, Casey and I have known each other for a long time. We're old friends. And I, you know, I, I love when I get to work with people that I've known for a long time. This way, you just be very honest and blunt with each other. Yes, you yes. can you can bitch about stuff when you when you need to like air it out. And Casey's been really great and really helpful. And you know, I also have to say he took a big chance on us too because we don't fit the aesthetic of the other bands on the label, but we're close enough to not be out of that element either. And my theory has always been: if you like music, you like heavy music. It's a big umbrella. Let's be inclusive and try and include all the bands that we can and not really keep it narrow. And and he was very open and receptive to that. Now, he knows that we're going to be a challenge because we're not his normal fan base, but hey, he took it on and we're doing our legwork and, and uh, we already got a bunch of pre-sales uh, ordered. So, I mean, once it comes out, we're, we're excited for people to, to get it and we're excited to hear like what everyone thinks of it. And it's so great that you found somebody who you can actually trust nowadays because because I've heard, like, horror stories in the music industry, like, like, uh, Slipknot, they're finally getting out of the road, um, what is it, Roadrunner Records, after yeah. eight years, and, I, and they're tired of telling, of, of them telling them Slipknot what to do, how to do it, what to do, you know what, because yeah. I talked to, uh, the thinking from Nonpoint Elias, and he, and his band created their own record label, they're like, I'm done, you know, we're, we're done taking all this all this shit from other bands, other record labels, you know. So it's yeah. like it's a fantastic idea that you that you have somebody who who you can say, nope, I'm not doing this, and he'll take it. You know, he'll say, okay, cool, 
you know? Yeah. And, and the other great thing about KC, too, is it, it, and every, not only everything that you just said, we're not held to that kind of a contract. Right. Casey's goal with us is like, hey, you know, I do like the, these songs. I like this record. Maybe I can help elevate you to get you onto one of these bigger labels that you really want to be on. And if not, we could talk about your next album with Iodine as well or whatever the case is. But he's just helping us get out there, really, and get exposure and get mm -hmm. vinyl into people's hands. And, yeah, it's a, it's a great partnership right now for us. And, and hopefully it pays off for him in the long run, too. Hopefully he doesn't lose any money on it. <laughs> and and uh, and last thing I will say that, um, uh, you know, the band Trivium, uh, uh, you know, Trivium, who after heard that band, right? Um, yeah. I, I, when I was meeting the band, I was trying to meet them. I was talking to the guitarist Corey, and he told and he told me that uh, that the company gave him just gave him six days to release to record one album. Six days, and and they did six it. Six days. Six days. Yeah. I, That's I, crazy. I forget which which album it was, but but he said that that wasn't their best because it's six days. What now, did, did was that just to record, or was that that couldn't have been right and record that? Right, they just just six days in the studio. I want to say it's six days in the studio. I think they re okay, I, yeah. I, I think they wrote the lyrics way before then. But when they yeah, they, but they 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 just had six days to actually record the album, which is not and uh, six days you can't do nothing. I I'm impressed they they, they do something in six days. You know, I I've been in situations where it took six days just to get good drum sounds and potentially one good guitar take, right. maybe. And that's right. just, you know, making sure the microphone's in the right spot, you know what I mean, and mm -hmm. doing all that stuff. But, yeah, it doesn't leave any room for experimentation either, which is where some of the great things tend to happen. Uh, a sound gone wrong that all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what was that? Let's use it. Yeah, six days is like just get in there and record what you got and don't have any other imagination yeah. other than the song. Yeah. So that sucks for them, but I mean, I mean, it's a good album, but it's not. Yeah. Which Which one is it? I think I have to write that down I, and check it I, out. I think the um the cover was um I I I I'll have to look it up and send it to you because I'm not all trying to score it because they got some amazing albums, you know. Um, so we all got three more questions for you, and I'll let you go. Sure. Um, awesome. Okay, so we took we took it to Instagram, and we uh asked. Fans ask you questions, and I know why you're laughing. Um, yeah. But uh, but the first question is to come from Tiger Lily underscore NH from Instagram. Ask you, how does he? How do you shift from emo hardcore bands to punk metal style? I guess like 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 how did you shift from like hardcore directly to metal? I guess that's what he or she is asking you. Yeah. No. No. And I actually saw that too. For, uh, how do they make that shift? It was, it was actually pretty easy because, again, before I was even in autumn, I was into metal as a, as a young kid. Like I already mentioned, uh, you know, Anthrax and Overkill, and I was big into thrash. Right. So by the time I started doing this style of music, it's kind of thrash at half speed. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I was already doing the same kind of thing vocally back in those days. All I had to do was improve on it. And uh, I, you know, I, I was a fan of all kinds of music, so the, the transition for me was easy. It was just finding the right people to play with, really, and 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 building upon the circles of friends that I had to yeah. find those people. Yeah. But yeah, and, and and I've had plenty of time to transition, you know, especially with the background that I've had. But yeah. I but hope you, that answers that question. Oh yeah, because um, because I'll go tell you right now, because um, when I was a teenager, like twenty four years, I don't know, I'm, I'm old as hell now. 
But um, no, you're not. Age is just a number. Age, that's right. Age is just a number. Yes, sir. But um, I used to be the biggest Metallica fan ever made. Like, I used to have all the albums. Yeah. Like, my mom used to get like so like so aggravated because I talked about Metallica all the time. But when I, as I grew up, I started getting into like um you know country and and hip hop and rap and and pop. You know, it's all kinds of music. So yeah. So with you, I guess it was just like 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 uh like you're into everything right now. Yeah, you you never just settled to one genre. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, and as a matter of fact, even nowadays, like I will go on uh, Spotify and I'll just look up uh, like uh, what was the one thing I like I got really big into like '80s goth for a while there. I was listening to like a lot of like Cure and Susie and the Banshees, Joy Division, and and then that turned into uh, I went through a huge. Uh, uh, just like 80s band phase and I was re-listening to like Duran Duran and uh, as far as you mentioned country music I got into out, the outlaw country music for a while there too and uh, as far as hip hop uh, in the early 90s I was into like the the De La Souls and uh, or, or De La Soul Tribe Called Quest Jungle Brothers Brand Nubian like that whole sound that incorporated a lot of like old soul and and uh, rhythm and blues and stuff like that. I didn't dive so much into the gangster rap. I think that came right. at yeah. a point when I was just really into like punk rock and I wasn't listening to anything else. Right. But um, yeah, and I forget what the question was again at this point because <laughs> I just rambled on. But okay. yeah, but no, I've listened to a lot of different things, uh, and I love discovering new music too. It's it's a uh, you know always a, a pleasure to discover something new. I do too, yeah, and 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 that would be my last question. But I have one more question before this one. Somebody from Bristol Earth Doom <laughs> on their Instagram. I told you it was going to be done, right? Uh, so yeah, done. How, I saw this one. How does he you maintain his good looks over the years? I think that's you, um, but it's uh, <laughs> like you or somebody may, else. That may have been me. It's, it's basically having a, having a good scooting routine and sticking to it. Now I, I don't know. I think I was just joking around. I, yeah. I wasn't expecting you to actually ask me that. But, <laughs> I told but, you I would. <laughs> but people ask me that all the time. No, actually, no one asks me <laughs> no, that I, ever. <laughs> I will ask you about your beard. I mean, because you got a, like a full. I, I'm trying to get one, but every time it starts itching me, I have to. I, 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 but people say just let it grow, man. Let it grow. Is that your is yeah. that a secret? Just let it go. Uh, and definitely put it, put some get some oil. Put oil on your fingertips and get it in on your chin. The biggest obstacle I had was I get what, what's called like that beard drift, where it's just like a dandruff on your chin. Right. You keep the oil on there and let it go. And what's funny about the beard is I I started growing a beard years ago, and I don't know if you recall. I would say about like five or six years ago, it got really trendy. It became like came into the mainstream a little bit, and that's when I shaved mine off. Oh. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, since working from home during COVID, I decided I was going to let it go until I have to go back to the office. And every couple months, to keep pushing it back. And I'm like, you keep pushing it back, this is going to keep on growing. I'm not, I'm not going to, like, I'll trim it up a little bit, but yeah. no, I'm just going to let it go. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely want a ZZ Top, like, yeah. you know, and then, yeah. Recently, I've been taking some biotin. I don't, I'm not sure if you can see this, but it's biotin. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And what's that do for I, you? Uh, hair growth. Hair. It's, it's 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 right. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, it might it might help your you know hair grow there, but uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it, it's like because as I dig these, 
I find that my be- my beard grows a lot longer and my fingernails grow a lot faster, so I have to. Oh really? Yeah, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's great I for never like, about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's great for anything here, you know. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, just one more question, and then we'll we'll definitely need to let you go because I'm sure you you want to go eat or something. Um, oh, I ate a little bit early. Yeah, and trust me, after two years of being indoors with COVID, the last thing I need to do is eat more. So <laughs> I, I've probably put on at least 10 or 15 pounds in the last year. If anything, I need to go out and run it off. But uh, right. go ahead, what's your last? And if you don't mind, at the end, we'll, we'll do a couple plugs for some oh, shows. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I'm, I'm, God, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm definitely going to ask you that. But uh, but our last question for you is um, our podcast is called When Words Fail, Music Speaks, and that can't mean nothing from the truth. That's a, that's a, that's a factual statement, right? Mm-hmm. So what I want to know from you right now is, is there any song or band or, or vinyl record that you can think of that you can listen to, but you can't tell me or your mom or your sister or your daughter how much how much it makes you feel, feel inside? Because I got um, a few of those, but I just want to know, you know, I, I, I always yeah. ask my guests this. So th- there, there's one song that, uh, and, and by the, and just to, just to make sure I'm on the same page, uh, is it is it because I'm embarrassed to admit how it makes me feel, or no, no. no. So 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 when you say I no. don't, I okay. can't. Okay, so so uh, when I listen to the song Talladega by Eric Church, right, I can't express how it makes me feel inside. I feel so happy inside. It just does oh, something to I my gotcha. soul, you know, that I can't. I can't really tell you how it makes me feel. All, all I know is it makes me feel like joyous, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a couple different things. There's there's a couple different records, a couple different songs. The, yeah. the first song that came to mind when you first said this was, uh, and some people make fun of me, but I absolutely love this song. It's "Do You Realize" by Flaming Lips. Okay. It's a song that every time I hear it, I can't turn it off, and it just it kind of gets me right here. Yeah. Um, and I would recommend next time you listen to it. Google the lyrics and read along with the lyrics, and it's a very simple song, but it's got this thing to it, I, and I absolutely love it. Um, now, as far as records go that make me feel a certain way, there are records that take me back to a place to where I was the first time I heard them. Uh, one record that comes to mind is uh, Voivod's Dimension Atros. Voivod, uh, yeah. Voivod yeah. is one of my favorite Probably my favorite band. My, my two favorite bands are Voivod and Soundgarden. But, Soundgarden, uh, dude, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Bad Motor Finger is another album. Yeah. Uh, so both of those albums, yeah. whenever I listen to them, it's I'm I'm not listening to a song today. I'm going to listen to that album today, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they take me back to a place. They, they remind me of, like, with Voivod, it reminds me of, you know, the first couple years of junior high, meeting those friends for the first time, discovering metal, yeah. and just, like, I remember being a kid and coming home, and, and I had the vinyl, and I would put it on the turntable, drop the needle, bust out the layout, and, re- and I'd read those lyrics yeah. over and over, right. and yeah. takes me back to those days. Another album that might be, for some of your viewers, might be a little bit more obscure, but uh, Youth of Today, We're Not In This Alone, it's a hardcore album, and uh, whenever I listen to it, I imagine that I'm dressing myself as if I'm going to a hardcore show, and it's almost like I could smell... That, that summer, it's it's a bizarre thing, but it really takes me back. I had a, a really shitty beat-up Camaro that I drove around all throughout New Jersey to different shows. I would get lost from the Jersey Turnpike, and I had that cassette in my mm. in my tape deck, and I've listened to it all the time. And yeah, those so those are the couple that come to mind. And there are a bunch of other albums. I mean, I could probably keep going that remind me of certain things, whether it's being a child. Um, uh, I 
I mean, uh, the, the last uh, the last couple Beatles albums, my mom was a huge Beatles fan. Right. So growing up as a kid, whenever I hear like the studio era of the Beatles, you know, like the Re- Revolver and on, like those albums remind me of just being a little kid sitting in the backseat of the, the old Grand Torino and, and just like looking out the window, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's bizarre how that happens, but that I think, you know, people like us that are thoroughly still enjoying music and in love with the music that we grew up with, I mean, we can appreciate where it takes you and how it makes you feel. And, and in some cases, like in my case, the, the Do You Realize song, the slight, slight embarrassment of almost getting choked up listening mm-hmm. to it, you know? But yeah, yeah but that that's, yeah. hey man, yeah. Going back to what you said about opening up the vinyls and reading them and stuff, right? Um, I, I used to collect a lot of CDs and I think they're in my mom's house, but I've been a big time collector of vinyl records as you can see probably not back in the background now. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, cause Spotify and Apple, Apple Podcasts, I don't think gives the artists as much music, as much money as they as they should get now. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I'm a big time promoter and and uh, buy physical copies now. You know more yeah. than ever. You know, and, and I love oh, I love opening up the vinyl and looking at all the, all the pictures and stuff and reading. You know, reading yeah. the lyrics just like you did. You know. Yeah, and I think the other huge difference too is, and, and don't get me wrong, I do use Spotify, but in my mind, right. yeah. Yeah. you know, I'll, I'll queue it up on my phone when I'm on a drive going somewhere. Yeah. Let me listen to some music and I'll make a mix, right? Right. But what, what Spotify creates is, you know, you could you could make a choice in about thirty seconds as to whether you want to continue listening or not. But I, I remember being a kid, and when you buy an album, there's more appreciation. You're going to give it more of a chance to grow on you. Right. Um, I remember buying just on. on Based off the name of the band and the cover, I bought Metal Church's The Dark on cassette. And I was, and the first time I put it in, I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And when I first listened to it, I was like, I don't know if it was what I was looking for. But I listened to it again, and it started growing on me. And I was like, wow, this album's great. Right. And uh, you can't do that with Spotify. But you dive into these albums, you listen to the guitar parts and the vocals, and you start to really appreciate the work that goes into this. Right. And I, I think uh, not having a physical format you know, it doesn't allow you to dive into a band. What are they about? What do these people look like? Um, what are they into? You read the lyrics, and it's like you can you can dive into the minds of the, the creators there, and that's a beautiful thing. And, yeah, unfortunately, Spotify doesn't give you that, and I think that's the huge difference. And and it's overwhelming, too. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that the spot of the, there's this thing that pops up on my Spotify. It's just called Discovery, and it's, like, based off your listening habits, other bands. And while that's a great introduction, it's, it's like, there's like 30 or 40 songs on that list, right. on that playlist, and you start scrolling through, oh, well, this one's good, this yeah. one's not good. <laughs> but, yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not giving them the chance like I did when I was a kid, and I always feel guilty about that. Yeah. But I, I'm a huge supporter of whenever I like a band, I try and buy a shirt, try and buy an album. Yes. That's I what don't I always have, yeah, mm. I don't always have the money to do it, but I try. And, yeah. and if, I don't, if I don't have the money for it, I'll share it so someone else can do it. Right, yeah. And um, it's 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 funny you said something about the covers because the first album that I bought strictly based on the cover was Kiss's Love Gun. Yeah. Do that 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 cover attracted me, and I don't know what cause of the girls on it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean like Plastic Caster, Christine Sixteen, and uh, it's, um, this Kiss Me, which is a cover cover song. That, that's by far besides Dynasty. That's my by far my favorite Kiss record of all time. No, totally understand. Yeah, 
And I, and I want to say, uh, you know, I think that's how he discovered Merciful Fate, too. I think it was uh, the Melissa album right. with the skull and the red light. And I remember looking at that and being like, I would hang that on my wall. Yeah, I would wear that T-shirt. Yeah. I got to hear the record. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Uh, so, um, so going back to uh, your, um, your stuff that you want to promo, uh, did you want to promo anything? Yeah, I just want to mention yeah. real quick that, the, the, and I pulled it up on my phone, the next show that we're playing, we're playing a festival up in Connecticut called Doom and Brews 4, and we are playing on the 18th. It's our, it's going to be our record release. It's uh, Buzzard Canyon, Us, Arch Druid, Scuzzy Yeti, Vacant Eyes, and one of my favorite bands, Shadow Witch. Ooh. So I am, I'm, oh, <laughs> you gotta, if you haven't heard them, you've got to look them up. They have three albums out. They're all just amazing. I'm excited for that. And if anyone wants to look us up, just uh, you can do just link tree forward slash or is it backslash ritual earth if you google ritual earth doom you're bound to find something we have a music video out there and most importantly the pre-order for our vinyl is up and you can go ahead and order our record i think it's only like twenty dollars and uh, it helps support iodine recordings and, and ritual earth so well, yeah those are the two things i wanted to make sure i, I shout it out to oh yeah definitely definitely and and i love vinyl more than ever now because there's so many uh variants of the vinyl you can get instead of just plain black like uh yeah i don't even i don't even think we have plain black no. i know we have three different variants out there and it's like white and gold with black splatter right. gold to black splatter and what's the other one the other one's oh the one that i love it's white with gold and black splatter so Ooh. it's mostly all white i might uh, i wouldn't i can't wait to get that one yeah I, hang, hang I, it on my wall well, hell, I don't know which I want to get now, <laughs> you know, you know, because I'm a big uh, fan of vinyl. Yeah, well, I, I've actually done that. I've gotten three different versions. I think it's purple, red, and yellow of um of uh, Zach Savage's Vertical record. Do you like that album? Is that I good? Love, man, he covered the whole Black Sabbath album. Yeah, it's amazing. Over the years, I feel like I've heard him do a lot of covers, so and I, yeah. I, I keep meaning to check that out. For whatever reason, I never get around to it. I will have to listen to that yeah. this weekend. Now I'll shoot you an email, yeah, and I'll let yeah. you know what I think. But yeah, and I, that's another guitar player that I love watching play and listening, yeah. listening to his solos. It's just like great stuff. And I didn't know this, but um, oh, there's there's one guitar. Oh, Gary Hoey. Have you heard of him? No. What's he from? He does. He does in. Instrumentalist, you know, you know, guitar music. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but he actually auditioned for Ozzy's band after Dick E. Lee left. Oh right, so okay. I had no idea. I was, I was blown away by that fact. So yeah. I always, I always love those weird stories that you hear. Like, uh, for example, the the dude from Primus tried out for Metallica after yes. Cliff Burton passed. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. and like, can you can you imagine what the Black Album sounded no. like with him? Right, you know, yeah, be all weird. I, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he wouldn't have done that, but I mean, sure, it, yeah. it's just a weird thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, there's a lot of other weird ones out there too. I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 no. That's good. You can ramble on okay, because this is great. I love talking music to everybody. So, um, yeah, um, like, uh, we we really, really, really do thank you for coming on, and I hope to God you come back on. Uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, next time. Um, you'll probably meet my co-host who can't who couldn't make it tonight because he said he's sorry. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah. No, and thank you again. Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this podcast and and giving these bands exposure. Again, it wasn't for people like you. You know, people might not find out about what we have to offer. So yeah. thank you, and, and for taking the time out. Very much appreciated. Oh sure, yeah, it's the best. Um, 
Yeah, because I like you, because I, I, I'm a big fan of music. I'm not just one yeah. genre, you know. And I always yeah. love hearing different bands with different sounds. And when your band came across my email, I'm like, yep, got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. So thank you very much for coming on. All right. Thanks again. You take care. Have a good evening. All right. Okay, man. You too. Bye. Again, it wasn't for people like you. You know, people might not find out about what we have to offer. So thank you. And for taking the time out, very much appreciated. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's about, um, yeah, because I like you because I, I, I'm a big fan of music. I'm not just one yeah. genre, you know. And I always yeah. love hearing different bands with different sounds. And when your band came across my email, I'm like, yep, got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. So, so thank you very much for coming on. All right. Thanks again. You take care. Have a good evening. All right. Okay, man. You too. Bye.